certainly a long time. Um, we were back started since birth. Since birth. <laughs> Couldn't get away. Uh, yeah. So I actually joined the church when it was in Dick and Martha's living room back when it was in Reach Ministries. Uh, we were here for 18 years uh, before God said, uh, you're going to New Zealand. And so that began our, our new journey uh, of what we're on uh, with a church plant helping doing a vineyard church plant over there. Um, but I just wanted everybody to introduce themselves real quick in case you didn't know them. Um, Trinity, you, you can go first. I'm Trinity. <laughs> So you're not gonna? I thought you were going to. No, you can. You wanted to. Oh, all right, I'll do it. And. No way! I want to say something. Quick. I did. Say it loud. Quick. Atamari, my name is Trinity. Atamari. I'm Joey. <laughs> I'm this guy. <laughs> He's Jeremy. <laughs> and you guys can sit down. Right. Yeah, you're just distracting me. You want to Hi, I'm Gretchen, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I just really want to quickly, he's got something prepared here, so um, I just really want to quickly, oh, that got loud. Um, I think the thing that was on my heart the most, and it was really kind of, connecting in the worship too was how important your relationship with Jesus is. How important. When we moved over there, um, I didn't have anyone. I had my family, but we're all going through the same thing, so you kind of don't have anyone, you know, and um, I had learned real quickly how to rely on him, how to wake up in the morning calling on him, how to talk to him when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm out and about, when I'm golfing, I was trying to golf to learn with him. But um, how to just connect that he's right here with me. And so I'm going to talk to him. I'm, I'm going to let him know when I'm frustrated. I'm going to let him know when I'm hurting. I'm going to let him know when I'm having a great time. It's so important. And nothing like trial draws you closer. So if you're in a trial, draw close. So from New Zealand, uh, Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenakoto Katoa, which means greetings, greetings, greetings to you all. Um, it looked, the Lord set it up for us to come in at a, a pretty perfect time, uh, kicking off a new series here at LRVC. And the next part is going over vineyard values of culturally relevant missions. So that's something that is something we've had to learn and something we're in the midst of right now. And so it was kind of the perfect time for us to share a little bit of our story of what God's doing and what it's like being a missionary. Um, obviously, New Zealand is a, uh, it's a first world country. It's English. Well, sort of. They speak a type of English. Um, and sometimes we can communicate. Usually we can. Uh, and mostly we just listen and ask people to repeat themselves because they talk really quickly with lots of slang. So it's always, uh, always interesting. Um, but what is it like to go to another country and start all over again? What is it like to be called to the mission field? And a lot of stuff we're going to talk about are things that apply to you 
and where you are right now because you have mission here. You have mission in the city. You have mission in the state. You have people of different cultures. You have people of different nationalities. You have people that speak different language. Some of it's crude. Some of it's uh, offensive to you from where you're at, but it's their language. It's who they are, and you have to understand where they are. It doesn't mean you have to be crude, but you certainly have to understand who you're talking to. You have to know the culture that you're in. You have to learn about where you are. So a little about uh, New Zealand. Um, so again, God sent uh, seven of us over. Um, within a year, my oldest moved back because his, his heart was already taken by a young lady over here uh, who he's marrying uh, this week, which is why we came back. And God was gracious. Uh, it's very expensive to live over there. Not, we don't have a lot of money. Um, God provides all of our needs. He provides our home, our food, and he provides it in ways that is amazing, and he always takes care of us. But it's a tough place to live. And so we just put it before the Lord and said, Lord, we trust you that you know our heart. You know we want to be there for our son for, this, for his wedding. This is something monumental in his life, and we have no way of doing it. Um, and the Lord just provided. He, he through my work, inspired the owner uh, to pay for my ticket. Um, I, I get four weeks vacation, a holiday with work, uh, but then they extended it an extra week so I could be here for five weeks and just let me go negative because they know I'm going to come back and work and because of the work I've done for them. Um, I've been faithful in, in how I do my business, and God honored that through him. Um, yes, it's amazing. Um, God gave Jeremy a job uh, at 15, which is really hard to do over there because everybody's looking for work. And so he was able to get a job and was able to save up for his own ticket. And then other people just gave into our family to uh, get us the money to get back here. And so it's just God's grace and mercy. Uh, he knows your heart. And you need to trust that he is going to answer your heart's cry. When it's a heart's cry that is um, a, a for, for, for after him, for after family, for after relations, for the things that he's putting in front of you, he knows you and he's going to answer it. And he's looking for opportunities to show himself faithful. So you need to allow him. But, but there's a trusting because there was that we had to go. If this doesn't happen, we don't get to go back for the wedding. Um, and we were talking about who would go if we didn't have enough. Would it be just Gretchen? Would it be because for me, um, my girls and J.E. hadn't seen family in three years. And I wasn't going to come over and see my family and get to enjoy that if they couldn't. Um, because I, I know how much their heart was breaking to see everybody back here. And God just completely answered our prayers and was faithful uh, and brought us back. And that's the God we serve. We serve a God that is faithful, that loves his people, that loves his children. So we are in New Zealand. Um, it's two islands, uh, North Island and South Island. We live on the North Island up in the Bay of Plenty, uh, so the upper right-hand corner in that little, little curve. Um, Auckland is the big, biggest city. Uh, there's about uh, maybe a million people in the city. Um, in New Zealand, there's only about four, just over four million for the whole country, so it's not a, not a very populated country. Um, and I've gotten uh, to go down to the South Island, down to Queenstown, um, and around the Mount Cook area in Christchurch. Uh, Christchurch is where all the earthquakes were. So when you hear about the earthquakes in New Zealand, that was all, it, a lot of the city got obliterated. There were a lot of lost lives, uh, a lot of trauma. Um, it, was, it's, it was a tough experience for many people, and they still have small earthquakes. And so it's, 
it's, it's, I, I'm glad I don't live there. Uh, uh, so the Bay of Plenty is uh, just a beautiful place. Um, to our left, you can see in the middle of the country, up above that lake is Rotorua. Um, between Rotorua and, uh, and Waikato is, is the area to the left. Um, there is a mountain range called the Kaimais, and that kind of separates most of the bad weather from us. So we've got the good weather coming in from the ocean, uh, and then we've got um, the bad weather, most of it being blocked. Uh, right now it's winter over there, uh, so it's during the days it's 40 to 50. Uh, sometimes at night it'll get down to 30. Um, so it gets, it gets chilly, but not like bitterly cold like here. Uh, and then the summers were in the 70s and 80s usually. Um, but the sun is very dangerous. It's, it's got one of the highest cases of skin cancer over there um, because there's a hole in the ozone. So you can be in the shade and it's like 72. You walk out in the sun, it feels like you're in a microwave. You can feel stinging on your arms, on your skin. Um, so they have just heaps of people with melanoma and, and, and skin cancer. And it's uh, so a little dangerous there, but no dangerous animals. There's no carnivores or poisonous snakes. I think there's only one kind of snake on the whole island. Um, it's a really chill place to live. When you go in the woods, you hear something cracking. It's nothing you have to worry about. Um, you don't have to be going, is it a bear? Is it a grizzly? Is it? Uh, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Um, so that we, we live on the North Island. Um, next. So that's the city we live in. Um, that's, the, there, that's part of the inlet. Uh, and cruise ships come in all the time, and the water, people come uh, from all over to go to the Mount Monganui Beach. It's uh, one of the best rated beaches in all of New Zealand uh, to be at, and it's about 12 minutes, 20 minutes from our, our home, maybe 15, yeah, 15 minutes. Uh, so the mount is the lower left, uh, those, those two pictures on the left, that's Mount Monganui, and uh, it takes about maybe 20 minutes to half an hour to walk to the top. Uh, and it gets just a fantastic view, as you can see, over the city. Um, and then the city stretches beyond that. It's pretty spread out. Um, and we're about 100 and 145,000 people in the city. So for us, moving from Laconia-Belmont area to that was a, quite a culture shock because it's, it's like going to the big city. Uh, and big schools and thousands of people in, uh, in the kids' classes, or in the school. Um, our, our kids were one of ten back here in because we went to Laconia Christian so big culture shock going over there uh, next we're not Australia okay there's there's Australia and then there's New Zealand um, so we're not Australia we don't drink fosters and we usually don't do shrimp on the barbie um, but sometimes we will barbecue prawns um, so there is a difference people often think of Australia and New Zealand as the same but we are different uh, Australia's where all the dangerous stuff is, and, and I got to go there a few, few weeks ago to the Gold Coast. It's beautiful, it's really neat, um, but like you don't go swimming in the, in the inlets because there's bull sharks that kill people all the time, and people just don't go in the water over there because it's dangerous. And I'm like, all right, well, New Zealand's a better place to live. Um, so uh, seasons are different. Um, we're opposite over there. Uh, time difference, it's... Uh, basically, it's Monday right now over there, and they're 16 hours different. So, like, when I need to talk to my, want to talk to my parents, I have to call them around 11, 10 or 11 in the morning, and that's about 8 or 9 at night here. And then when, when daylight savings comes, it gets a little closer. Um, there's a couple, uh, we lose a couple hours difference. 
but it's always a challenge trying to communicate with family back here because of those time differences because that's for me in the middle of my work day or that's in the middle of church or uh, so it makes it really tough to actually catch up with family and communicate uh, very much on sports um, they got rugby uh, my first rugby game was watching a foreign film without subtitles I had no idea what was going on except for the naked guys that were streaking I was like oh all right, I've seen that before. Um, they love cricket, uh, which I just still don't understand. I have no idea. It, but they love it. Uh, lawn bowling, um, America's Cup, um, so the boat, boat sailing, which I never, never knew they did, but they were super passionate. And I, I actually started work during the World Cup, and when America won, um, the guys at work wouldn't talk to me for a while. And I'm like, it's not my fault. Um, New Zealand is still part of uh, England, so it's still a commonwealth of, of England. We celebrate the Queen's birthday on Christmas. She does her speech uh, over the radio, so you can listen to that on Christmas Day. Um, so very much still English uh, culture and, and influence with a lot of the food. Uh, all the food is very bland, and same as Australia. It's kind of, they're not into big flavors and spices. When people eat at our house, they're always like, it's so hot. And it's, I can barely taste the spice, and they're, like, dying. So it's, it's always interesting. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, where we live socially is, um, in some ways, is like the 50s. Like, nobody locks their house. Um, our neighbor, their dog was out wandering the street, and they weren't home. Uh, so I grabbed the dog. He was, he was deaf and, and blind in one eye and just big bulldog. So I, I, he couldn't hear you calling, so I had to grab by the collar Took him down the house, and I'm like, nobody's here. What am I going to do? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in New Zealand. So I opened the front door, put the dog in, closed the door. Um, so there's, it's starting to change. Um, there, are, there is more and more violence and, and theft and starting to grow. Drugs are starting to come in in gangs. Um, so it's like we're going into the 60s now in New Zealand. So we're heading into the 60s and the 70s. I know, I know. Um, People are really friendly and supportive, and they stop and they help you. Um, and, and God is just so gracious to put people around us. When we first moved there, God put us next door to one of the families in our church. And that family and us bonded, really, and they, they helped Gretchen specifically get through the transition. Um, when she was learning to drive on the other side of the road, miscalculated a turn and popped a tire on a curb because we have to drive on the left, and you're in the I had a few curbs parallel parking because your depth perception is the opposite of what you're used to. Um, and, she, uh, and, and our neighbor came and, and changed the tire and went and got a new one. And just they go out of their way to help. Uh, they're generous people, and they have a real heart of passion. Um, there's certainly been issues with language barrier. And you've got to be patient to learn. Um, and it's OK to be uncomfortable with what you're doing and what you're saying. Uh, but you've got to give it a go. You've got to try. You've got to put the effort in. Um, there's a lot, a lot of New Zealand is uh, named with Maori names. So Maori are the traditional tribal people that were originally on there. They're Polynesian. Um, a lot of their words, and they're very big into tattoos, uh, are very similar to like what you see in Hawaii or the Tongans or Samoans. Um, so very Polynesian influence. And so a lot of the names of the town are Maori pronunciations. And for us coming as America, some of it, it was really, yeah, yeah, was really hard for us to adjust to. My kids would laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, 
So, so for instance, like there's a uh, town um, where Americans come in and they call it Whakatani. WH in New Zealand is Fa, so it's called Whakatani. And so here, it sounds like it catches you off guard, but if you say Whakatani, it's offensive because that's not how it's pronounced. That's not the right way to say it, and it's not honoring to them. So you learn to say Whakatani, and that's normal. So for us now, we don't even think about it. Uh, you, that's where we are, that's what we do, and that's what you say. But there's an adjustment that you have to make. Um, in the Maori culture, your story is incredibly important. And Maori are all relational. They're very family-oriented. All the family spends lots of time together. You've got generations in the same home. Um, they, they spend time in the marae, which is the, the religious gathering house where everybody gets together and they'll, they'll all sleep there, they'll all eat together, they feed each other, they sing songs together, they talk together, and they share their story. And for the Māori, their story is um, where you're from, um, what's, your, what's your mountain? Um, so were you n near Mount Maunganui? Are you from Mount Cook? Are you from Mount Reapehu? Um, so it, your mountain's important, your river. What river are you near? What marae are you from? Who is your iwi? The iwi is the religious leader of that tribe of, of Maori. And so that story, get ready, folks. My kids still laugh. That story is called your whakapapa. Um, it's called a, yes. And my kids call me papa. So when they first heard that, they, they still, they still laugh to this time. Um, but that is how you, that's how you say it. And that's the story. And that's, it, that's critical to them. And when you tell somebody, when you meet a Maori and you say, I want to hear your whakapapa, I want to, I want to hear your story. I want to hear about you. I want to know your heart. Um, there's something powerful that connects with them. And there's something that changes in the relationship immediately when you recognize them. If you want to do business with them, it's about relationship. It's about relationship first. They want to know you and your story, and they'll look you in the eyes because they want to see how white your eyes are. They want to see if you tell the truth or if you're a liar. And they, can t they say they can tell by the color of your eyes and by looking into your eyes. They're looking at your heart to know you and get to know you before they do business with you, which is pretty awesome. Um, go to the next As a missionary, as a Christian, that's critical. Once you accept Christ, once you give your life to him and you are in the kingdom, you are no longer American. You're no longer Canadian. You're no longer this. You're no longer that. Your culture is not who you are anymore. When we went to New Zealand, we did not go there to take America. We did not go to Taranga to bring New Hampshire or the U.S. There are good things from the U.S. that we bring, like encouragement, like praise, because in New Zealand, they have what's called a tall puppy syndrome that they're trying to get through. There's been a curse over that country where anybody that succeeds, everybody around you cuts your legs up from underneath you and bullies you and into coming back down to their level. So nobody's able to get ahead. If you start getting ahead, there's no recognition of doing well there's recognition in that way by saying, what are you doing? No, you're with us. You're like us. Get back down here. So it's, it, nobody knows how to take a compliment. Um, people in my work 
um, struggle. They're getting better, but they, I can still see them struggle when I say, you did a great job. I really appreciated how hard you worked on that. Thank you so much for what you just did with that customer. They actually, you can see them physically pull back when you compliment them because they don't know how to receive praise or recognition for what they're doing. And that's broken in New Zealand. That's, that's something that's wrong. And everybody knows it. It's still ingrained in them. They still react that way, but it's, it's not right. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so that's something that's a trait of America that I can bring, a trait of who we are as Christians to recognize and, and to build up and to encourage. And that changes people's lives. And that's something I think that we bring. But I don't bring politics. I don't talk about guns. I love shooting. Um, but they're a society that hate guns. They're terrified of them. The police have guns locked in their cars, and they carry tasers and stab vests. There's very little gun crime in New Zealand. It's people don't have pistols. Uh, only very few people do, and they're in clubs. So it's, it's a totally different culture, and they don't get what, what it means. And if, you, if the topic comes up, it gets really heated very quickly. And, and politics, all they see is what they see in the news. So it's very lopsided, and everybody's got opinions of Americans. And there's a lot of racism against the U.S. Because we're so big and so out there, uh, a lot of people have these huge opinions and think everybody's the same or what they've seen on TV or in the movies uh, until they get to know us. And then they see that maybe they're not all the same. But if I came in bringing my culture, if I came in just bringing America, I would be doing and enforcing what they already were seeing. Um, my nationality doesn't matter anymore. Um, just bring Jesus. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what you're supposed to be doing in this community. It isn't bringing politics. It isn't bringing um, ideas of how things should be done. Um, it's just bring Jesus. Bring his heart. Bring his compassion. Bring his love. Bring his mercy. Bring his grace. Bring his understanding. That's what this community needs. That's what New Zealand needs is they need Jesus. They need his redemption. They need his freedom. They need his restoration and deliverance. And that's what we're supposed to be bringing as missionaries. Bring your story. Who are you? What's your story? What's Jesus done in your life? And what's he doing now? Because our testimony isn't, I got saved 20 years ago. That's awesome. But my God... The God that we serve, Jesus, is a living God. He's a moving God that's moving today powerfully in our lives and cares about what's going on now. He's moving in our lives constantly. So what is he doing now? What's going on in your life? What's your story? People love stories. Some people like facts. Most people love stories. They want to hear stories. So you don't have to go out there and preach this big sermon and get people saved. No, you go out and share, Jesus did this for me. This is who Christ is in my life. This is why I moved across to the, uh, another place of the world and started over again because God called me to, and he's been faithful. I was obedient. It wasn't easy. It was one of the toughest things we've ever done, and it still is. But out of that obedience, we're walking out who Jesus is, and his story is being built in our life. And there's parts of me that will never be the same because of what God's done in this journey. And that story is something I can bring and share. And when I can say, Jesus brought me from here, but he's brought me to here. And this is where we're going. 
we're not standing still. We're moving because God is active and on the, on the move all the time. So there's lots of cultural differences we've, we've had to learn. Um, certainly the, the language is very interesting. They have a lot of slang in New Zealand, uh, like Cherbrew and She'll Be Right and uh, Munted and, and just all this stuff. When we got there, um, people were like, hey, I'm going to go down to the dairy and grab some lollies. Do you want any? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So finally I figured out lollies are candy. So I'm like, okay. So why are you going where they milk cows to get lollies? Um, so no, a dairy is a convenience store. So every convenience store is called a dairy. So when you're going to the dairy, you're just going to get, you could get milk. They do have milk there, but you could be getting vegetables or candy or something else. Um, or lollies, yeah. Uh, so it's, there was just so much slang and, and things like, uh, and they like abbreviating everything. So... So, yeah, so in the afternoon, they call it Arvo. So somebody said, I'll see you tomorrow, Arvo. And I'm like, is that a city? <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I going somewhere? And they're like, tomorrow afternoon. I'm like, oh, oh, sh I should have known that. Um, and, of course, avocados are avos. So you could have an avo in the Arvo, I guess, and that could be yummy. Um, strawberries are straws. Yeah, with the lollies. Uh, so they shorten everything, and they talk really quick. So we're much better at understanding them. Usually I now know what they're saying, but when we first got there, we had to ask people to repeat themselves over and over and over, and sometimes spell it. And even then it didn't make sense. We're like, I still don't get it. Um, so there's certainly, it was difficult learning how to fit in. Um, and what was interesting is, as an American in New Zealand, you're an other. I've never been an immigrant before. I've never been in a new country and had to start all over. Um, when we went there, I had to, I didn't have a name. Here, I'm Papa. Here, I'm Jeremy. Here, uh, I'm Pastor Jeremy. I, I, I was ordained here. I, I served as a minister. I have a history here. There, I'm, I'm the American. I'm that foreigner. I'm that guy that just arrived. No story, no history. My identity, everything of who I am that I've built over, over 39 years in America was nothing because nobody knew me. I had to start again. And as a man, i got to say, that was probably one of the most devastating things to get through was to lose my identity. I struggled with that for a long time. How do you start again? What does that look like? Who are you in Jesus? That's all I could do. Who am I in Jesus? And just start there. Um, it, it's it's really weird. So first time I had to go to the uh, hospital and I'm filling out the form uh, after an accident I'd had, maybe a biking accident or something. I keep hurting myself doing sports. Um, I'm filling it out and I got down to ethnicity. And there's, there's India, there's um, Polynesian, uh, Samoa, Tonga. Um, I think there was British, maybe. Um, and then there was other. There was no America. There was no U.S. There was... Uh, there was there was nothing. So I had to fill in, I'm an other. It is so weird being in a land and being an other. But that's who we are as Christians. We're not an American anymore. You're an other. Your nationality, your kingdom, your family is an other. It's Christ. It's Christ's family. It's who he's called us to be. 
we are called to be others in this world. We're no longer part of everything else. It's the kingdom intersecting where we are now. We're both and. Um, could you, next slide. So this is uh, Maori. Um, they are very traditional. Um, before, often before different ceremonies, they do what's called a haka, which is uh, a war dance. Um, they do it before sports. Um, they used to do it to intimidate their enemies uh, before battle. Um, it includes a lot of sticking your tongue out, bulging eyes. Um, I, I'm going to slit your thrit, throat. I'm going to rip your heart out. I'm going to destroy you. Um, and it's very intense. And they do it before their rugby games. It's, it's intense to watch. It's amazing. But it also, a lot of them are, hakas also tell stories. They, they tell stories about your family, about what something that's happened, about um, things that are important to the community. So it can be a war dance, but it also can be very beautiful, a lot of singing, um, and a lot of chore uh, choreographed dancing um, and moves together. Um, and they're very much into their, into their ink. Um, and so the ink on the face, a lot of the, you see it less and less, but a lot of Maori do it because that ink tells their story. That ink tells you what mountain they're from, what river they're from, who their iwi is. All the symbols in there are their story. So they can say, you don't need me to speak for you to know me. I am going to show you who I am on my face. This is me. This is my story. This is my history. I'm vulnerable. I'm open. Here I am. Know me and know my heart. And they're very passionate people. And it's just, it's really amazing. Uh, Eric, could you come up for a sec? I'm not going to tattoo his face. Um, one of the phrases in, in Maori um, is kiete ia kuotu. Um, and that translates, Trini, I may have not been perfect, I apologize. Trini hangs out with all the Maori kids, and all of her friend, most of her friends are Maori, and, and she's been picking up. She's actually done a lot of the dances and the, the kapahakas. Um, yeah. Um, but that translation of what I just said means I see you. When you look into somebody's eyes, I see you. Um, and so what they're doing in the lower left, that is a hongi. And not to be confused with a hongi, so it's a hongi, not a hongi. A hongi is food buried in the ground. <laughs> um, the hongi is the physical way of saying, I see you. And Eric, I wanted to say this morning, when you were worshiping, I see you. I see your heart. I see that the Lord is here with you. I see the calling on your life as a leader and the passion in who God has called you. And I see you and your passion. I see your heart. And I trust you and I love you. So I want us to be able to say and look into each other's eyes and say, I see you. I see who Christ is in you. I see your heart. 
I see your story. I see your future. I see you. Don't be afraid to look each other in the eye. Don't be afraid to get close. Don't be afraid to love those that are broken and hurting, who have never known love, who don't know what wholeness feels like, who don't know what acceptance feels like. I see you. Yeah, being culturally relevant. So for us, that's culturally relevant. That's something that's changed us. This is something that is now part of who we are. Um, the word for family is fanau. We are all fanau. My fanau is in New Zealand. My fanau is here. I have fanau now in, in two totally different parts of the world. But they are now as much a part of my family and who I am as you are because of where God has called us to and what he's doing. So learn how to be a family and a part of the culture of where you're at. Learn how to share Christ and say, I see you. Um, there is a lot of racism in, uh, in New Zealand uh, with the Maori. Um, English came in and they made a treaty with them and then they went and broke the treaty and basically took all the land from the Maori. The, the Maori fought so hard in, in the battle um, that they ended up uh, actually being the only country that England did not take out the in indigenous people. The Maori retained their culture, they retained their leadership, they retained their way of life, and they have now slowly over time have been given back more and more of their land. Um, it's sort of, you sort of see the same thing that you do with uh, Native Americans. Um, there is a lot of alcoholism and abuse and anger and violence because a lot of them have lost hope. And a lot of them, because they get money from the government, they get money from the land that they own, um, they don't have to work or they don't work. And when a man does not work after a period of time and everything's given to you, you lose hope. You lose your reason for going forward. You, you lose your momentum. And so you settle into things to fill that void. Um, the Maori also were part of one of the largest indigenous revivals ever um, many, many years ago. 70% um, of Maoris ended up becoming born-again Christians across the country. And I believe that God is starting that, again, a new wave of restoration in that country, and I believe it's going to flow out across the world. There is something happening. He's bringing people from all over the world and planting churches. Like, we keep running into person after person says, I don't know why I'm here. It, yeah, well, you, yeah, in Tauranga, where we live, um, specifically, we keep meeting people that God just told me to come here. God just told me to come here. God just told me to come here. He is on the move. He is doing something. There's new music coming out of New Zealand. Um, there's new music coming out of the vineyard down there, and it's good. It's quality. It's filled with the Lord's heart and passion. The Lord is moving down there. There's stuff happening. He's on the move and on the go. And I've got to finish. Um, yeah. So, so as a white person, we're called Pakiha, um, which means white person, foreigner. And, and, and it's okay. There's an acceptance with that. Um, and so, yeah. So it, it goes for, okay, I had to put sheep in. It's New Zealand. Um, but you've got white next to Maori. You, we have all sorts of different cultures. We have people from all over different countries 
there are so many different ethnicities in New Zealand, it's amazing. Um, so it's a very diverse uh, location. Um, but at the end of the day, God is moving, and he's moving globally. He's moving in other countries. He's on the move, not just here. I love what God is doing here. I love the worship here. I love the spirit here. I love the people here. I love what God is about and what he's doing. But understand God is doing that everywhere. He's on the move across the world in different languages and different cultures and different ways, maybe in ways you don't understand or can't appreciate or connect with, but for them it's life-changing. God is moving. And there's a joy in being part of a global community of Christians that are serving and seeking after God and seeing his spirit move. God just requires obedience. So when he calls you, when he speaks to you, just obey. No matter how hard it is, just obey. And God didn't promise that you're going to be super rewarded or that you're going to be financially taken care of or that things are going to be easy. We're bond servants. When you gave your life to the Lord, you said, I will now serve you because of what you've done for me. So that means laying down your life, no matter what the cost, to be obedient to what he's called you to. So be obedient and remember two things. You're another and I see you.